Are you a fan of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores podcast? Do you want to support the show and show off your love for LTGW? Look no further than You Can Do Merch Store, brought to you by host and creator, Nancy Adair. Stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Hmm. But mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are here with me, Nancy Adair, and I am the host of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores, the show that brings you stories from both the dark side and the light side of addiction and recovery. Today, I'm talking with my co-host, Bob Schiller, also my brother, and we are going to talk about where addiction brings us and some of the really down and out places. A recent interview I had with my guest, Glenn Simpson, he disclosed that he checked himself into a hotel room to drink himself to death and stayed for three years. (laughs) And while that is both very funny to me to think about three years in a hotel. It's also a tragic truth of addiction. And I know, Bob, that when I related that part of the interview to you, you said you had your own hotel story. I do, but there was no way I could last for three years, okay? Because I was right at the end of my drinking. I was lucky that I lasted for more than three days. It was pretty tragic, too. I didn't intend to, like you were talking about, I didn't intend to drink myself, you know, to death at all. I had a job that our father, I mean, through his connections, you know, I got this great job. I was an executive. I had no idea what I was doing. Okay. So I'm like on this, on Madison Avenue in New York, on like the 17th floor beautiful office. I'm supposed to be writing reports and analyzing all this market research data. I had never written a report before in my life. (laughs) Okay. I probably lied through my teeth to get the job altogether. Right. And eventually the jig was up. I mean, I got found out. It was like, so I I was supposed to be writing this report and I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I started just thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to complete this. So I just have to be sick. You know, I mean, I, I just have to, I can't show up for work. And I had gotten kicked out of where I was living by my girlfriend. So I got this hotel, which hotel room, which was kind of seedy. Although it was a nice address, it was still a pretty seedy hotel that I remember. And the good news was that it was 
across the street from a Burger King. So I had my food. <laughs> I would grab a bottle of scotch, a quart of scotch, because that's what I was drinking. And I just holed up in this hotel room and called in each day with the flu. And I was pretty sick. I made it for about two weeks, not for three years. Okay. I don't know how he did that. But I, like I said, I was at the end of my rope, at the end of my drinking. I just kept calling in and I kept going over to Burger King and buying my food and bringing it back. It was disgusting. The whole thing was disgusting. And eventually I got fired. I mean, it's like, I mean, the guy called me and he was such a nice guy. He just said, hey, Bob, if you're not going to show up for work, okay, I can't, you know, I can't keep you on the payroll, you know? And I was like, yeah, I get it, whatever. And I called my sponsor. I had a sponsor because I had started several times in AA, even though I was only 27 by the time I was in this hotel. I had started when I when I was like 20, 21, 22. And so I had found a sponsor. I had only gone to AA for a few months, but I do remember one one speaker really stood out for me because he was, you know, an airplane pilot. I mean, back then, I mean, we're talking like, you know, the late 70s. And I guess they didn't, you know, take any blood tests before you flew a plane. So I was like horrified, you know, it's like, seriously, you, you're, you're going to fly a plane with all these passengers. But anyway, I digress. I had my sponsor, Joe, and I called him up and I said, what do I do? Because now I don't have a job and I don't have a place to live. And I don't know, I'm not going to be able to afford this hotel very much longer. So told me to call or he called I guess this place up in Connecticut which um, was really in the countryside Kent Connecticut not where we grew up which was kind of a suburb of New York but way out in the country he said yeah go up there and I don't even remember how oh I think he drove me up there so I was kind of foggy as you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> at the time and I got up there and I was sure I said just I, the only thing I need to know and need to make sure of is that I can continue to take all my value so I you know I don't mind checking into a place like that I don't mind giving up drinking as long as I can take my 50 milligrams of Valium every day that I was taking I remember them telling me, yeah, that's fine. And as soon as I got there, they said, they confiscated all my drugs. <laughs> okay, They took everything away from me. It was not fair. So they said, you can have like these pills to withdraw from alcohol for like three days. And then that's it. You know, we're done with pills and drinking and whatever. So that was how I started and um, on my road to sobriety. And I've been sober ever since for, it will be 45 years this March. Um, and it was um, an interesting way, but the hotel, the hotel Transylvania was my last stop, you know? So it has a 
a dear place in my heart. <laughs> you remind me of an AA kind of slogan that not to compare yourself to anyone else's program. However, compare yourself to your earlier self. You know, and I, I love that, the, you know, it's kind of like the remember when or keep it green to think back to the hotel in the late 70s um, when you're on the heels of your 45th anniversary of sobriety. You know, it's like, it's a real remember when. Yeah, I mean, the other thing was that I, I was at least 225 pounds. Okay, so... You know, Burger King scotch is not exactly the healthiest diet, right? So would you compare that to your nutritional intake today? Like how different is that from Burger King and scotch and weighing 225 pounds? Yeah, so I weigh 185 now, so 40 pounds less, right? And I eat pretty healthy. I mean, I eat... Um, you know, as you know, I've experiment with different things and whatever, but I go to a functional medicine doctor who gives me a lot of nutrition, who is a doctor that balances, you know, kind of Eastern medicine with Western medicine and has taken a lot of blood tests. And so I find out what I'm overly sensitive to what I if I didn't know already I've cut out a lot of things that used to bother me make my skin itch. my mind is a lot clearer I take a bunch of supplements I'm pretty much on the keto intermittent fasting plan really two meals a day and um and that's supposed to be very good for dementia and Alzheimer's and all that stuff too, which I've had heart disease in the past a lot because of my diet and, and not exercising. I play pickleball three or four times a week. So that is a lot of my exercise. I play for a couple hours in the mornings, somewhere between 7,000 and 9,000 steps which is like three to four miles of, of good exercise, right? So then on the off days, I do other things, a lot of stretching and yoga and, and weight training and bicycling and that kind of stuff. I didn't do anything at the hotel except lie in bed. <laughs> okay. I mean, that was all I was capable of doing. Right. You know, and you just reminded me, too, of what you were sharing is lying in bed, feeling sick and calling out of work and really sounding very legit because you were drinking yourself into that foggy state at sounding sick and being sick. Yeah. And I remember I used to call it the flu. Right. But it was the drunk flu. It's like Jesse, my daughter, your niece, just had a baby and she calls, you know, she breastfeeds her baby and he gets milk drunk. You know, he just kind of like is is just gone, you know, and and just looks like it when he, you know, she sends pictures of it. he's milk drunk again. He can't, you know, I can't do anything, it doesn't move. That's you know, I was just 
Like I thought that I had the flu. Well, it was from drinking so damn much, you know. I mean, that's all it was. But, but you know, if you're in denial, that's what you're saying. It's it's just it must be the flu. Yeah, well, no. and another thing that cracks me up is uh, remembering the story of someone in a group that I was leading that shared she had told her husband that she was evaluated with Alzheimer's and she was going to the doctors regularly. She didn't have Alzheimer's. She was drinking. <laughs> you know, it, it looked similar. <laughs> she was forgetful right. all the time and unstable, unsteady on her feet, etc. So you've hit a lot of the um, distinctions of our lying, you know, and being a glutton and, you know, eating your way to 225 pounds on Burger King scotch. And let's not forget the Valium that you really wanted to hold on to. Um, I swear they promised. You know, I know. And I loved when you said it was not fair. <laughs> like, really I know. I'm still mad. I'm still mad about that. Not holding on to any resentments <laughs> well into sobriety. We'll have to make another episode on resentments. Yeah. yeah, it's not fair. Thank you, Bob, for sharing your hotel story with me and with our listeners today on Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my.